Welcome, welcome, welcome to the our podcast, Being Heard, Two Black Women Coffee and Conversations with Leah and Dana. I'm Dana. Leah's not with us today, but we have a wonderful guest um, who used to live in Des Moines, um, Bobby Wagner. And welcome, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good seeing you again. You too. Long time. So Bobby is going to tell us, she's an author, and she's going to tell us about her book and about her documentary. The book is called Life Under the Pink Canopy. And the documentary is The Pink Canopy, the pink correct? Canopy, yes. Okay. Well, I always love to talk to authors. Um, that's hard work, um, especially with the kind of work you're doing where you're talking about something very personal and dear to you. Yes. Um, it's a lot to put your life on paper like that. Really so is. To, so, um, Talk to us about how did you become an author? Where did this idea originate from? Absolutely. So first of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So let's talk about the film first. Uh, the film um, is um, my mom's life story, a part of her life story. And she was an educator in Des Moines, Iowa, who suffered a mental illness um, during the 60s and 70s. And for the next 50 some years, she was misdiagnosed, over-medicated, under-medicated. Um, she lost her career, her family. Um, her children were dispersed, displaced. They couldn't find the right medication um, to get her stable. So in the beginning, um, she was diagnosed with um, having manic depressive disorder, which is now known as bipolar. And um, they treated her with Thorazine and electric shock treatment, which again, over-medicated. Um, from 66 to 70, when I was doing my research, she had 95 shocks to the temple um, of these electric shock treatments. And wasn't until the mid eighties when they found the right cocktail of medication to treat her. But up until then, she lost her career, family. Again, I'll, we were displaced all over everywhere. So fast forward, when they found the right medication, um, she was stable for several, several years um, and until I got grown. And when I look back on it before the documentary, she was such a strong lady in this and she helped so many people. I thought that I could do, first it was going to be a, a book, but I'm like, well, let me just do a documentary because I know my family, her story, our story can help someone else. That's how it started. It took three years of preparation and um, production to do her research, medical research, um, scholastical research in the family, put it together. Um, and I've got open the doors where I can go into churches and different mental um, agencies to reach the community to see this film. Um, and then as we show this film, I also went to the eight different um medical facilities or agencies for a representative to come and speak to the audience. So that's how it was birthed. But as I was doing this documentary, I got my, um, I never was in front of the camera, I always talked, did everything behind the camera. So my brothers did, uh, they did a little um, interview, but I never was led to do an interview of how I um, learned to cope with my mom's illness and how it affected me until the book, maybe nine years later, I wrote the book, Life Under the Pink Canopy. So all that 
That's how I became an author. <laughs> so tell me, is where did the name come from? All right. So great question. So during the transition transitions of me, us kids going back and forth to different family members or friends, I never had a bed. I never had a bed, a brand new bed of my own. Either it was hand-me-down or I slept on the floor. So one year, my mom was stable and she went out to Montgomery Wards. Remember Montgomery Wards? Oh, absolutely. Wish we still had it. <laughs> yeah. So she brought me a brand new pink canopy bed. And it was a surprise to me when I came home from school. And I was so happy. I went outside to get my friends I played with. And I was just bragging because it was just, she had me in mind. It was mine. Nobody slept on it. And then later on in that year, she took sick again. And in that day, a person could call um, or go down to a, get a court order and um, get my mom arrested because she was having an episode, she kept having episodes. So they mm. finally apprehended her and um, took her into um, uh, the mental health facility. And then during that day, I came home from school, realized the, our apartment was burglarized because mom hadn't mm. been there and the door wasn't locked. So they, whoever it was, took just the pink canopy, the, the top of the bed. So when it came time to write this story, decades later, I didn't have a title. The Lord said, use pink canopy. Why? Because it's a covering that literally was removed from me. Like my mom, figuratively, she was removed from me in and out of my life. But she was my covering. So that's mm. how the name came. Wow, that's deep. Now, how many siblings do you have? So it's a total of three of us, two boys and, and me. I'm the baby and I'm the only girl. Okay, okay. Yeah. So did you see yourself as an author or as somebody who was going to produce a documentary? You know, I will say this, Dana, when I went to Tech High, I studied radio and television. So I knew I was going to do something in film. And then when I was a little girl, I always carried a camera. And I was told, document where you always, as a little girl, I knew it was weird, but always document where you've been. So I've got all these thousands of pictures of just random things, never knowing that I was going to use my skill. And because I graduated from um, Grandview in uh, radio and television, I worked for KCCI, Iowa Public Television, but I never knew it was going to be a documentary so personal to me. So I knew yeah. it was going to be something in the film, artsy, but I never knew it was going to be this. What's your thoughts, too, on, you know, it seems like there's such a difference between how mental illness is talked about today compared to like it was when your mother was alive, because back then, um, you know, there was a lot of stigma around it where today people are seem to be much more open to sharing their struggles. What's that been like for you to see that change? Oh, my gosh. It's so refreshing. It's so encouraging. And it's like you said, mental health, mental illness was taboo. But because we kept it in the family, we were ashamed of it. But now it's like, it's another disease. It's a regular disease. Do we hide diabetes, high blood pressure? We don't hide that. It's the same, not the same thing, but it's this, it is, it shouldn't be hidden. It shouldn't be a taboo no more. 
So when I see um, people reaching out for help or confessing they have help, encourage others to go get help, it's wonderful. Because when I started this documentary and showing places, it was hard to get in even churches. And when I started the film, the audience was quiet until they saw the film and realized, ah, I can identify with this person. may not be me, but somebody in my family. So at the end of the film, we run out of time before we run out of questions. But to mm-hmm. see now, it's so refreshing and encouraging. I'm happy because people are getting help. They're recognizing it. They're not hiding this anymore. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really something when you think about um, kind of living on the, the edges of society and being pushed away, yes. um, you know, because of an illness. It's... Um, so I'd like to see, you know, see that too. I'd like to see things change and mm-hmm. and people um get help and be more talkative about it. So people understand that they're not um suffering alone. Exactly. They're not going through these things alone. Right. And it is common. So that's part of it. It's beautiful. Um, tell me a little bit more about like when you're showing this, you talked about in churches and people were quiet. Like, did you have kind of a and a at the end or what? What did people tell you after they watched it? It was, I, I identify. My cousin, my auntie was misdiagnosed, had a, a mental illness, but we hit her back in the back room somewhere. Um, they, it was, it was a, after the documentary, they felt, they felt free to speak on it and they wasn't ashamed. So it was a lot of identification. And um, and not only that, I had mental health professions. If they needed us, if that person needed to talk to someone professionally, they were there. It's not like you see this film, I'm going to let you go out. No, if you need help, I have that too. I can connect the dot. So it was people just realizing I'm not alone, just like you said. It's not a shameful disease. It's okay to get help. It's okay to have somebody... Get, to, to go with you to get help. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of different reasons, you know, in our lives that anyone can be impacted by uh, mental health challenges. You know, I know when I lost my mother, mm. um, that was my first uh, in 2005, that was my first experience with depression. And I, I very much um, all my life viewed myself as, you know, a glass, you know, half full person and this was the first time that I was, you know, the half empty person wow. for a long, long time. And, you know, then, and the, and the more that I like do reporting, I'm working on a series now about um, mater- black maternal health and, you know, the pregnancy and motherhood is another um, touch point that people, black women in particular have with, you know, your, your hormones are going crazy and, um, lots of mental health challenges, you know, come out of that. Um, some leading women's deaths. So it, it's something that definitely, I think, you know, growing up, it might not have been talked about um, and it might have been kind of hush hush. Mm-hmm. But like the older you get, the more you can realize that there's a lot of things that life can throw at you that um, you you need professional professionals to guide you through. Your friends and these strong women in your life, they cannot uh you know uh pray you out of or or you know cajole you out of um things no you cannot no they cannot now something you mentioned about uh maternity um postpartum depression that's also what my mom had um, okay 
And I see that a lot now, postpartum depression, even 2023. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you're doing this. You're, you're putting a spotlight on this. Um, my mom suffered. I think that also added to her depression because she had two young kids at that age. So that played a lot. Your hormones are going crazy, right? And you're in this profession that you're probably the only one that looks like you back in the 60s. You know, oh, absolutely. That was a lot to 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 take on. And and I love what you said. The church has a great a big role to play in mental health, mental health stability. Sometimes you just can't pray it away. It's the Bible and it's a good psychiatrist or psychologist that's going to help. That part right there. Mm -hmm. The Bible and a good psychologist or psychiatrist. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because, and, you know, you see things, <clears throat> especially on social media, people still, you know, um, I still see a lot of, you know, comments sometimes where, you know, uh, others don't want people to, you know, they want you to just pray it away. They don't want you to get medicine and things like that. And um, I always try to jump into those comments because, um, you know, God gives us a lot of tools That's and, right. you, you know, yeah. let's use, let's use yeah. all the tools. But let's talk about you in terms of like, what was it like for you um, as you watched your mom um, kind of um, change mm -hmm. over this, this course of time? How did it, that affect you as a, a young woman and as a woman? Um, you know, how did it affect how you move throughout your life in terms of, you know, dealing with, um, you know, thinking about mental health? Mm -hmm. Um, of course, it was hard. It was challenging, hard, sad, depressing. Um, it affected me in, in two things. Because she was sick all the time and we were moving a lot, I didn't put down roots anywhere for years because I was used to picking up and moving because we was transitioning anyway. Keep your bags packed because nothing is stable. That was my mindset because I was always moving. Mom was not always in my presence. So I never got close to anybody. You know, my brother told me um, not too long ago, he said, your nurturing years are from zero to three, just generally speaking. And he said, Bobby, you didn't have that because mom was always gone. So there was a disconnect um, between me and my mom, me and anybody maternal, my aunties, um, brothers and they did the best they could um but for me it was hmm it translated as a young adult again moving not connecting um sabotaging relationships any kind of relationships job opportunities uh romantic opportunities i would mess them up self sabotage cuz i didn't know how to be still to process anything through my thing was fright flight, let's just get up and go until I had my child and I couldn't continue to do that. So I had to turn around and face those, I say demons. I had to do the work to, to, to process this through because I can't continue to run, right? So that's where all this came, came out, the book, the, the documentary was me healing from the past, healing from that trauma, un addressing the unaddressed trauma so I can be a better me to my daughter and break generational curses. But back Ooh, then, that's all I knew was I couldn't get used to anything. I couldn't 
it was, um, I was hyper vigilant of going on to the next thing. It was easy to get up and go, Dana. I'm saying, I'm saying it was easy, but I didn't know I had a problem. I, it was just ingrained in me, right? right. Everybody's like, you moving again? You moved again? I'm like, yeah, why aren't you? But I had the, I was the one with the problem and I had to work on that. Right. And we all know, I mean, childhood things, as an adult, that's where you really see your childhood playing out and how you relate to people, yeah. how you are, like so much of it. Um, I know even like with my husband, so uh, you know, mm -hmm. problem solving, like mm -hmm. all of that is rooted in what you saw, you know, growing up. So um, yeah, that's, that's really deep. So like, as, as time has come forward, um, are you still sharing the documentary and the book with people? Are you still down in Houston? Yes, ma'am. So I turned it into a nonprofit. So I've got a, uh, the Pink Canopy um, uh, 5013C. So I'm in the community. I'm still doing the documentary, showing it, or even just having, um, I'm going to say festivals, but co uh, conferences to bring in mental health people. But here's the flip side. Like you said earlier, the conversation um, is out there now. People are accepting it now, which was my goal back then when I started. Right. So my focus is now the children. I want to be what I needed as a kid for the children whose parents are in and out of their lives because of maybe it's not mental health. Maybe it's a drug addiction. So I'm focusing on being what I needed as a child. We have I'm starting a camp summer camps so kids can um be a kid i couldn't I, I couldn't do that all the time i always was worried about mom where is she at is she coming home where am i going always on your mind so we're going to let create an environment for kids to be kids bobby that's just so beautiful thank you i mean yes i and mean I'm doing a play day now. I'm doing a full circle. I'm coming back home to Des Moines to do this play. I started the play before the pandemic. So I'm going to do this play again. Um, we're writing it. I got people at home in Des Moines helping me. So I'm okay. going to circle and we're going to do this play. It may not be a full out play as I'm thinking in my head. It may be just two or three scenes of my mom um, as a school teacher. Right. So people can see she was, you know, she was, uh, she wasn't always this. Fa I don't want her to be the face of mental health. She had a life before and prior. And I want people to see that she was a school teacher, right? She was one of 11 kids. She was normal. It's just, it just hit, hit her. Like you said earlier, mental health is a straight right. bullet. Like it can, it can hit, hit anybody at any time. Essentially. 